my gosh, you were busy. Yeah, man. I don't know how to sit down. I'm busy. I'm just a busy body. <laughs> You've so never busy. known how to sit down. You're always moving. Always, man. Always. Woo! Uh, this is Chip and Friends back from a slight hiatus. Uh, it got really busy with work and getting through holidays, working those holidays. Uh, and now we're thankful to have Aaron Thomas of WRAL in Raleigh, North Carolina, a two-time Emmy-nominated reporter and a former co-worker of mine over at WRIC in Richmond, Virginia. Aaron, uh, you just said before we officially got started that you went to Target, you did some laundry, and this is all before you had to go into work for the night side shift, man. How are you feeling? How are you? Oh doing? man, you know, I was gonna say I've worked the night shift my entire career, and I feel like I've just always run this sort of it's almost like I function as if I run nine to five. But I have very long days, but it's okay. I like to get everything done during the week so that on the weekends I can, that's me time and I can really just kind of move at my own pace, so. Yeah. And, yeah. and you have the beautiful situation of being in your hometown and mm -hmm. being right next door to where you went to college. And I think that's something that, you know, really is captivating about your story is you have that opportunity now recently finishing three years at the station mm -hmm. and now signing a three-year extension. So congratulations to you ah. on that. Well, thank you so much. It's nice. It is nice to be back home and you know, it, um, it has its pros and cons like with anything else. Like, you know, of course, having that hometown advantage, uh, you kind of know the lay of the land a little bit better. My mom and dad are down the road. All my grandparents are still living. And so I want to take a lot of time with them, but of course they're starting to show their age. So, um, that, that's kind of hard to deal with right now, but at least they're close by so I can try to spend as much time with them as possible. Yeah, and you can keep track of NC State when they're getting uh, fleeced for not being in the NCAA tournament at college no. baseball. We're kind of going through that over here in Norfolk. Everyone thinks ODU should be in, and I was thinking NC State should have been in. You know, NC State cannot catch a break. And you think back to last year, the whole COVID pro protocol thing, and then yeah. adding the football team last year with the, the bowl game. I think the, the – I can't remember the – if some – Carolina, California team that mm -hmm. forfeited. And so it's just, you know, cardiac pack cannot catch the break. That's just the name of the game. <laughs> I mean, they're looking to be a contender against Wake Forest and Clemson in football this season. So, you know, cross those fingers. Yeah, man. You know, I'll be on the other side. We'll be hoping we can get through to the coastal. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think they had like a nine and three streak last year in football, which is very impressive. I'm finally off weekend. So, um, I can finally make my way back to an NC State football game. Oh, man. What are you looking forward to for tailgating? Uh, well, to be completely honest with you, I've actually never tailgated simply because. You got to do it. You got to do it. I was in marching band for all four years at State. And so that, I mean, all the time that you spend tailgating, we were rehearsing and, <laughs> you know, parading around to make the fans happy. So um, I, I definitely have to get my tailgating uh, fixed in this time. For sure. So when you're not working, you're also a big fitness nut. I mean, I can tell every time you post your Instagram story, you're out there getting work done. And yes. you also love coffee. Now, mm -hmm. I am also a big coffee lover. I'm trying to get back into shape. Do you drink your coffee before you work out or do you drink it after you work out? Because I was Definitely before. Before? Because mm -hmm. it gets your heart rate up? Yeah, pretty much. It's it's like for me, it's like pre-workout. So when I wake up, I need that caffeine jolt. And I think mentally because I'm, I've drink coffee so much. It, if I don't have caffeine, something's wrong or I'm very grumpy. So um, yeah, definitely beforehand, I'll drink a protein shake after a workout. There you go. I go straight 
uh, drip coffee. I actually have an AeroPress now. So that's how I make my coffee. Mm. And I, I've done that before my workouts. And I try not to do like a long run. I'll do sort of like a short one and then a workout. That's worked out well for me. What's your vice for coffee? Like, what's your specialty? I'm really basic, like cold brew, regular coffee. I don't, I don't venture too far off the medium. Yeah. To, well, to be honest with you, it, um, I'm, I'm pretty simple too. I like, um, it, it also depends on the time of the year. So right now I've been picking up this iced coffee from Target. I think it's called like Califia or something like that. Oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. And I just add like a little bit of cream in it. I, I've cut back on like the cream and sugar just because, you know, I'm getting older. Um, and then usually when it's cold outside, I like to drink hot black coffee um, with cream and sugar. But my newfound um, coffee is uh, Vietnamese coffee. Oh, not sure if you've ever had it. It's so good. No, please it. elaborate. It is basically, I call it fancy iced coffee. So I believe, it, and it takes a while to brew. And I want to, I hope I'm getting it correct, but it's basically like ice, it's coffee, but it's made with condensed milk. So it has mm. a little more oomph. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Oh yeah. I definitely recommend it. All right. I'm going to have to try and find something here in Norfolk. They may only make it in Raleigh in a certain place. Oh, I know it's everywhere, know. but like, I don't know where to find it. <laughs> well, I highly <laughs> doubt that. Yep. <laughs> Aaron Thomas, WRAL, two-time Emmy nominated reporter. Uh, let's, let's go back to WRIC when we were working together because you were an MMJ. Mm-hmm. I was sports reporter, MMJ anchor on the weekends. We shared the same shifts and we were both kind of finding ourselves um, in that job, in that market. Now you're a full-time reporter. When you mm-hmm. look back to those years, being in Richmond, being in an unfamiliar city and kind of figuring your way out, uh, what stood out in that experience that helped you get to where you are now that you're signing that three-year extension and you're having such great success in your hometown? Um, well, first of all, I really loved Richmond and leaving was tough just because I felt like um, it had everything I could have ever asked for. It was diversity in the market. It was a great food scene. And it was the type of news that I wanted to cover um, in terms of like hard news, weather, enterprise stories. And um, it just helped me kind of become more familiar with the community. And that's really all becoming a reporter is, is just developing those contacts and becoming a trusted source. And the longer you stay somewhere, the more people get familiar with you, the more they're willing to share their story with you. Um, it's nice to kind of, you know, find different layers of stories rather. I mean, I know the news cycle is very quick, but it's nice when there's like another element to a story or here's a follow-up from a few months ago. And, um, you know, I've been at the point ship where um, I, I, I had done the start over the two years and out, two years and out. I did that twice. And I just didn't feel like starting over again. I felt like, you know, I'm finally getting some good footing. And um, I felt there's still work to be done here. But Richmond, definitely, in, ty- in terms of the types of stories I was telling, very similar to what I'm telling here in Raleigh. So I would definitely appreciate Richmond for that. Yeah, a, cu- a couple things you said that I want to branch off into, which is playing right into what I had lined up for these questions. Let's start with the hard news aspect, because I'm noticing mm-hmm. moving from sports to news now, uh, WTKR currently, uh, it is it takes a toll, especially with what's been happening lately. And I've tried to find that balancing act and decompressing when I get off from work and things like that. But for you who pursued that in Mm -hmm. their career in reporting, how have you been able to balance your work life and your personal life to divide the two and make sure that none leaks in and weighs you down when you're trying to go into a workout or you're trying to go see family members? So the key word I have is boundaries. 
boundaries, boundaries, you, ha you, you have to set them. Um, one thing that I've been doing, especially working at night, it's typical to get home a little after midnight, you're in bed by 2am. And it's very common, I think, for us to get that last minute check of Twitter just to see what's happening. I had to stop myself from doing that because mm. I was driving, I was basically, um, there was a lot of anxiety. I was causing myself a lot of anxiety. And the way I see it is when I'm getting ready for bed or if I'm winding down, I need to be in a rested state, not in a worked up state. So I try to limit my phone time um, before bed, especially when I'm with my family and my friends. Like I want to be fully present, fully mm -hmm. engaged. Um, and then also I, I like funny things, funny podcasts, funny TV shows. Um, and also just getting, that's why I also work out all the time. You know, I go to the gym, I like to ride my bike because it just gives me that brief escape. Not saying that the world is not crazy and I like I don't care, but you just have to separate yourself from it for just a little bit. Yeah, it's so important yeah. to cover these stories and to also still understand, like in that moment, I've noticed working with the reporters, uh, our mutual friend, Kelsey Jones. Who oh, I love her. We're at WRIC, now yes. reporter at WTKR. Uh, she has been able to find that balance uh, when she goes on the Newport News. And also Leandra Head, our other reporter, uh, has been able to be able to get in the moment with an emotional interview most recently with the aunt of somebody who had passed in a deadly shooting. And mm -hmm. immediately right after, I'm like, are you okay? And she's just like, I'm good. I have my Chick-fil-A. Would you like some of my nuts? That's her running joke because <laughs> she has peanuts. And she's like, do you want some nuts? Like, and that's <laughs> how she's able to detach. That's really sound advice for any of the young uh, reporters, aspiring reporters that are listening to this and want to try and get to the business. The oh, second yeah. kind of follow-up to that is burnout. I'm noticing it a lot in our business. A lot of people, like you said, doing that two year and out, two year and out, two year and out. And moving is just so costly to your, your soul and to your wallet and to those around you. So signing that three-year extension, how much time did you think about that? How much did you consider of, we're doing this for another three years? We're staying here. You're finally like building roots, something that reporters, mm -hmm. middle, small size markets right out of college just aren't doing. Yeah. Um, so as far as like the time that I had to decide as far as renewing the contract, I remember my news director, Rick Gall, one of the best in the business, by the way, um, he actually approached me. He called me before uh, my Christmas vacation started. And I really had this whole lingering, do I want to do it? It's home. Um, and I'll be honest, you know, I did have some, do I want to stay here? Do I want to go to another station? Do I want to get out of the business and find out what the dark side IE PR is like? Um, and I just really got to thinking, I was, at, like I said before, I just felt like there was still a lot of work to be done. Burnout is real. I've had my moments, but I think it's it goes back to what we were talking about before. When you take that time off for you, limit your phone use, limit your news consumption, you come back fully recharged. And so I think I sat on the um, the decision process for about a month or so, a little over a month. And um, I was like, hey, I, I will definitely stay with under these conditions. So I actually negotiated time off in june so i'll be taking two weeks off later this month to do whatever i want whoop, whoop. yes yeah, brother time off i'm telling you I, I think our demographic our generation we're really serious about flexibility and Definitely. yeah and i was just like you know what if y'all want me to be fully in this thing y'all got to get me time off between the protests and the pandemic and all other stuff that keeps popping up i'm like i I need this. Give me time and I'll be back.
Yeah, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Mental health yeah. and just personal health, just mm-hmm. being there and looking out for yourself. So, so, so important. Aaron Thomas, two-time Emmy-nominated reporter for WRAL in Raleigh, North Carolina, his hometown and where he went to college at NC State, part of the Carolina Triangle. So with what's been going on in Raleigh, uh, seems like you've been covering some some lighter stuff based on what I've been seeing. On yeah. Twitter. You had the Memorial Day on Monday. You yes. had to do uh, the housing market. So mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of a lighter week for you. Uh, yeah. Before we get into how that balance has been of what you're covering, uh, have you still had to struggle explaining working holidays? As I saw on your Twitter, there are still people <laughs> asking and you laugh quote laugh in journalism please yes laughs in journalism it is still a thing you know it's I think my friends and family they mean well and I think it's just a matter of inclusion like what are you doing Labor Day or what are you doing this (laughs) and I'm like take your best just take your best guess like for me your holidays like Labor Day Memorial Day Fourth of July if I work those it's fine I'm getting paid double but for me the big ones like Thanksgiving Christmas I'd much rather have those off um, truth be told, uh, Chip, I've been in the business for going on seven years now, and I've only worked one Christmas. You dog. I've I, I don't know how I worked three. <laughs> yeah, I've worked well. I worked my very first one when I first started here because again, new guy. Yeah. Um, and then there were a few years where I know when I lived out of state, my news directors felt bad for me. They're like, "Oh, you can go home and visit your family." And then uh, when I was working weekends here, it just they would follow my days off and just i've just got lucky the draw man hey that's dude luck is a thing too in journalism like you get the luck out on is it going to be a big day or is it going to be a slow day and sometimes you want a slow day sometimes you don't want a slow day so luck is definitely a thing Mm -hmm. so the stuff you're covering in raleigh from like you mentioned protests coronavirus Mm -hmm. um unfortunate shootings deadly or seriously injured and then balancing that with looking at the housing market going and covering memorial day or the beach do you have to just kind of circulate everything and figure out what's the topic of the day or here's something that I've been working on? Because those pitch meetings can be really difficult when you've got a bunch of different things you want to cover and it just gets derailed by this is breaking. You got to go get it. Yeah. So I think, you know, with my title, I'm a general assignment reporter. So, I mean, I cover everything. I don't have a specific beat. I have a beat in terms of different locations that I like to cover, but I cover all sorts of topics. Um, I will credit WRL and that they're very structured. So when I first started here, it, I would be honest, like nine times out of 10, I would pitch and they're like, this is your story. And that, ha- that still does happen to this day. I'm still expected to pitch, but because this is such an active uh, news market and I work at a station that's very involved, usually I already have a story that's assigned to me. Now, this is a week where it is a little bit slower. So I have had to enterprise a little bit more, but it's good having that skill. So, you know, when it is slow, right. you have those contacts and you're like, hey, like it is slow. Can you help a brother out? And there are ways of getting around it. You know, usually there, I mean, there's, there are big stories that are happening nationally right now. Yeah. Like, there is some way to find a local tie. And um, it also helps that we cover so much ground. We, have, we cover 23 counties. So um, wow. it's, a, it's a big coverage area. So, I mean, you could be in Raleigh, you could be all the way, an hour, 30 minutes away in Lumberton. So it, there are stories out there. It, yeah, it just takes time to find them. So selfishly for me, since you mentioned General Assignment Reporter and you're in the Carolina Triangle, sports mm-hmm. bleeds in the news from time to time. Yes, it does. And I love, I love this market for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So when you're out there, are, is there a day, like if NC State's rolling along in basketball, where you're like, I hope today's the day I get to go cover NC State, North Carolina. I know it's mostly sports, but like if it's a big thing going on, maybe you get that nod. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I've covered several sport stories that have been news. You, I mean, you have the Battle of the Blues, UNC, Duke, when they were on that uh, road to the NCAA and then Coach K's last season and then uh, Hubert Davis the first our new coach um after Roy Williams retired um the Carolina Hurricanes they're huge and so yeah it's anytime you know I find myself having to become a sports reporter and I have to like oh let me look up these stats real quick and make sure that that happens but also having grown up watching the news in this area I also recognize how passionate people are about their sports team so it makes it a little bit easier to talk about you know, how UNC fans celebrate on Franklin Street if they get a huge upset or, you know, NC State likes the bell tower red if there's a big win. There's just little things that it helps to be knowledgeable about when you cover sports. That's something that's really fascinating me with what's happening around the country because, I mean, the Carolina Triangle is blue blood college basketball. Mm-hmm, it's like, yeah. it has to be in your news. Like, people care about that. But oh, then sure. you come to, like, Norfolk or Richmond, it's kind of an afterthought. And I understand yeah. that. Like, hard news, meteorology, weather – that drives everything in local news. You're mm-hmm. in a unique position and all the other stations there where like, no, Carolina, NC State, Duke, they drive, baby. They drive yes. in a big way. Yeah, they do. And um, that's one thing that fascinated me when I worked in Richmond. It just seemed, I mean, there were sports, you had VCU and then UVA was down the road in Charlottesville, but there really wasn't a big sports push. And I was like, huh, I, I mean, okay. I didn't get, every market is yeah. different. What do you think, uh, talking of drivers, and we'll kind of get to these last two questions so you can get out of here and get ready to go to work. Drivers and what audiences are looking at. It's hard for us as photojournalists, reporters, anchors to really get a feel for it because we don't see the numbers. But what have you kind of picked up, at least in your community and what you're hearing from anybody in the business? Because it's super small. I mean, we just mentioned Kelsey. We've known her. And we know like seven other different reporters in the state of Virginia and Carolina. (laughs) And I could go on and on. Like, right. what, do, what do you think the drivers are? Because I still think it's weather, but now the local angles of what's happening, it's not just hard news. It's got to be something local that it impacts locally, not just mm-hmm. somebody, somebody's house uh, was destroyed in a, in a storm. It yeah. can't just be that. Like, there has to be an angle that drives people to keep them on. Like, how do you approach that in your reporting job? I think, so I usually always, especially because I work at night. So when I work, since I work the late shift, the one motto I ask myself is what's going to keep people up at night? What's going to keep them wanting to keep watching this story at 10 and 11? So obviously I'm always thinking what's going to, what's compelling video. I don't like that wallpaper file video stuff. It needs to be flashy and in your face. Um, But I think people are mostly looking for accountability. There's so much going on, especially politically. Everybody's politicized every little thing. Yeah. I just think that a lot of viewers, especially um, I can tell from on social media and Twitter, people want these decision makers and politicians, they want some accountability. Definitely. And like, we, we need to change some of what's going on. And I think people, and as far as it, going back to what I said before about the news cycle being so fast, it's so easy to just cover the surface level of things. People want you to dig, dig a little bit harder, you know, trace some stuff, give me some numbers, some statistics and um, make it relate to that viewer and my last question for you before we get you out of here is it's obvious i mean anybody who meets you knows you have a booming personality in the best kind of way and it shows in your work 
when you're doing your standups or you're approaching your stories, mm-hmm. how do you funnel that personality in a way that it's still you, but still can be taken seriously? That's something that mm-hmm. I've always struggled with in sports because I'm a big goofball. I'm a tall giant. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I got to be serious and that can be a challenge. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, authenticity is just that's that wins people over every time um so and I've I've had this talk with my um managing editor my supervisor because they're really big about active live shots here at WREL and I just straight up said look I can do it but it's not going to be cheesy to where it's going to be jeopardizing my credibility so um you know I try to use that same energy that I usually have in conversations and give the viewers a experiential moment that they can take away and be like, Oh, that's an interesting way that, you know, you told that story rather than just standing in front of a camera. So Mm -hmm. I just think just, just energy is really what it takes. And if you're not passionate or energetic about a story, it'll show it. And just keep that in mind. If you don't like it, then why should the viewer care? So just, just, I would say energy and authenticity wins every time. And doing it all on a tight deadline is what ah. makes our business so freaking hard Ooh, that people just never goodness. understand. You have never lied. <laughs> <laughs> he is Aaron Thomas, two-time Emmy-nominated reporter for WRAL. We appreciate him taking time with us. Let the people know where they can find you. Sure. So I am on Twitter. You can follow me at WRAL Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. I'm also on Instagram. It's uh, Aaron Thomas TV. I'm also on Facebook, uh, W-R-E-L, Aaron Thomas. I'm trying to make a trip to Raleigh soon. If I am, I'm calling you. We're going to go get coffee. Yes, by all means. I'll Look, I'm the um, self-proclaimed coffee connoisseur of the area, so I, I need some good local spots. It's a Vietnamese coffee date. If you stuck with us to the end of this podcast, cheers. Next round's on me.